Hey folks, how's everybody doing? Uh, we have a live show. I feel like Steve Harvey. Hey folks, I'm your man, right? <laughs> well, listen, this is a debut of a great idea and we're excited about it because there's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of uh, insight you're going to learn. Our first guest is none other than uh, Mr. Unstoppable himself, Terrence Leffridge. I mean, he's an author, he's a speaker. He's an event facilitator. He's done a lot of things, but I'll let you find out through him how he got to that point. And, uh, of course, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge my co-host, none other than K-Fit. How you doing today? Doing good. How are you? Oh, outstanding, outstanding. Oh, as I normally say, I am grateful, literally. So with that being said, we're going to uh, phase out the sounds and... Get down with the get down. Another outdated expression, Terrence. Don't say one word. <laughs> you can tell by the hairs of your chinny chin chin. That's all oh, I'm saying. Oh, he went there. He went there. Oh, I can't wait to ask a question now. But listen. <laughs> listen, uh, you know, we've known each other for quite some time. We've been on various uh, platforms. Um virtual as well as on-site. Uh, we've uh, corralled around some of the same people. So, you know, that's one of the reasons of why I wanted to um, meet with you and have the opportunity of having this conversation. Uh, I know you bring it real. Uh, I know you're about your business. And, uh, you know, um, we've done some phenomenal things. So uh, first and foremost, how you doing, man? Man, you know, you, I can't start any broadcast without saying, hey, 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 it is an unstoppable day. Thank you so much, Sir Charles and K-Fit for allowing me to share your platform. I, I feel kind of VIP-ish. I'm on the inaugural show, the first show. Yes, so I, I, I'm proud. It's up for you to set the bar, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know how we do. You know, yes, we come strong right and we now. don't come at all, right? That's it. That's it. Hey, hey, hey. So, um, I mean, I know we've all worldwide, we've gone through this pandemic and uh, it has affected many of us so many different ways, depending on who you are and your personality, your character, et cetera, et cetera. But before we come up to 2020 and 2021, we want to know how it started, basically. And that's the whole premise of this show. What's your come up story? So, K-Fit. You have any questions you'd like to ask our guest? Oh, yeah. I definitely have some questions to ask our guests. So first question for you. Did anyone inspire you as a child, as an adolescent, young adult? Was there a specific person who always lingered in your mind you kept contact with that, you know, you kept in the mental? Well, you know, think that's a great question. And my life was kind of different growing up. For me, uh, I didn't have uh, those those role models from afar. I had role models right in my own home. They started with uh, my great grandmother, who was the first person who ever took care of me, while my mother, who was a single widowed mom at the time, she was working two jobs. So my, my great grandmother was my role model. And then of course, my mother, and uh, I lived in a house full 
of women. So I lived with my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, and my aunt, and they were all strong individuals in their own right. And I think that's a lot of where my compassionate side, or some people would call my feminine side, but you know, I'm strong in my constitution as a man. That's where it came from, because I was surrounded by women who were not only compassionate, but who were always strong in their own mind. And they encouraged me. I, I remember my uh, great grandma, she used to always say I was a character as a young kid. And I reminded her, and Sir Charles, I'm about to date you again. I reminded her of Sir of John Wayne. So she would always call me the Duke. That was my uh -huh. nickname. Uh -huh. And then my, my aunt, my aunt was the the scholarly one in the family and she saw how i was always getting good grades in school and she was like you know baby you gonna grow up to be the next third good marshal and that's even before i knew who third good marshal was but i he must have been a smart man because that's what she kept saying you gonna be the next supreme court justice so as as mentors and as role models they were showing me things they were showing me possibilities of who i could be if i just continued to go along the path that i was going along so in in those early years those were my role models the people right within my own home you know you said something <clears throat> that made me um kind of like just sparked uh, or made me take note and that was you talked about your feminine side you know and the funny thing is a lot of people don't realize that no matter whether you're a man or a woman, you have a little bit of the other, uh, I yeah. guess, chromosomes. And yeah. a lot of guys I know, they're old school, and I get it, and they're traditional, and I understand why society has always painted a certain picture. But we need to understand that's where our emotions kick in from. There may be a variance of balance, but that's okay that we have a sensitive side. But you can still be who you are whoever that person is. So I just, I don't know, it just made me think because I'm always thinking about the mindset. Yeah, yeah. You know, we both, every both sides have that X and that Y chromosome. And it's that compassion and it's that feminine side that really helped turn around my life as we talk further about my come up story as we move along into the conversation. What I just talked about in the early years was, was a was a motivating factor but okay. that also turned into a disadvantage up and as we go through this i'll i'll really touch back on how that became a disadvantage that i also had to come up from okay well said you a little so, bit <laughs> <laughs> so i follow that up with what are your greatest weaknesses my greatest weaknesses for a long time, as Sir Charles alluded to, as men, we've been conditioned to think that we had to make it on our own. We had to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We had to be that self-made man. Nobody else could do it for us. If we couldn't do it ourselves, then for some reason in the eyes of the world, we were less than a man. And like every man growing up in that age and that time, I believed it. And that goes back to that feminine side. It was having it was having the ability and the vulnerability 
to my feminine or that Y chromosome side that actually allowed me to come out stronger than I actually was while I was going through. Now, somebody's going to get that when they listen to the replay. And, and, and here's why I say that. Many times we use our weaknesses as disadvantages mm. when in actuality, it's in our weaknesses that we find our strength. Let me say so that again. True. It's in our weakness that we find our strength. Because until your back is against the wall, you really don't know what you can do. And it was in that weak, weak time when I tapped into my source because I had ran out of all the resources in my own life to help me get to the next level. It was only until I pulled back and said to my source that I was weak and that I needed help, that's when the strength came back to me and I was able to really have my come up story. And, and, and if I could take a second, can I, can I really talk about my come up story? Come on now. All right, all right. So my come up story was 2008. 2008, city of Chicago, I'd been working my good government job yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, that good government job for 10 years. And then all of a sudden, the financial crisis hit the entire country, the entire world, and businesses all across the world were deciding to cut back for any reason. And so I found myself in that situation that I was one of the cutbacks. Yeah, mm. after 10 years, I'd lost my good government job. After 10 years, I was no longer employed by the, the company that allowed me to get my, my, my house, that allowed me to get my midlife crisis Jaguar when I was 40 years old, that allowed me to marry my beautiful wife, of which we are about to celebrate 19 years of marriage next week. Nice. All of that was because of that good government job. And now it was gone. And I hated to have to get in my midlife crisis car and drive from my job I just got fired to and go home and tell my wife, who at that time we had only been married for about six years, that I didn't have a job. And so KFIT and Sir Charles, I found myself outside in my backyard of the, of the house that I didn't know how I was going to pay for anymore because I had lost my job. I didn't know how I was going to put gas in the lawnmower and cut the grass that I was looking at at one o'clock in the morning in my backyard. And I had a conversation. No, I'm lying. I had a shouting match with my source. And I don't know what you guys, who you guys call your source, but I call God my source. I had a shouting match with God. And I told him at one o'clock in the morning on that night in 2008 that you need to do something to turn my situation around because this is not going to work. You said you were going to be there for me when I needed you and I need you to turn this situation in a 180 degree turn from where it is right now. Wow. And he gave me one word. You want to know what that word is? Absolutely. Absolutely. That word. Okay. Unstoppable. All right now. Unstoppable. Okay. And he broke it down to me and he broke it down so that it would forever be broken. Because if you really know the word unstoppable, it's three words 
in one. Now let me break it down. The first word is the UN, un. When we think of un, we think of things that you cannot do. You, right. you cannot do this. You cannot have that. It's unavailable. It's unattainable. It's unbelievable. It's all of those un words. That's the first word in unstoppable. And then, of course, you've got the big red stop sign, the stop, the thing that keeps you stuck in your tracks, the things that keep you from moving forward, the, teams, the things that keep you looking back instead of looking ahead. But then he said that wasn't the end of the word, though. I want you to look at the last four letters, the A, B, L, E. He wanted me to focus on what I was able to do. Okay. Yeah, you lost your job, but you're still able to pay your bills. Yeah, you lost your job, but you're still able to put gas in your car. Yeah, you had to tell your wife that you had had this bad, bad, bad day, but you're able to have better days. Mm. And he said, I'm going to help you focus more on what you're able to do and less on what's stopping you. And then that is what's going to make you this entire word altogether, which is unstoppable. Right. And that's been my come up story from that very day with that very shouting match with Father God, my source, because that's the day I recognize that in order for me to get my resources, yeah. I got to stay tapped in to the source. Now, how long ago was that? 2008. Wow. Wow. Yes. Okay. 2008. Wow. And there was not even an unstoppable coaching services at that point. But from that point, it went to the 2009 is when I started the coaching practice. 2013 is when I wrote my first book. 2015 is when I did my first video broadcast. Uh, and, and now in 2021, I have four books under my belt. I have two weekly shows. I've spoken on stages with the likes of Sir Charles Carey, Les Brown, Dr. Willie Jolly, Trevor Ott, Shay Brown. I've done conferences. I've put on conferences. A brother done come up <laughs> since that day in 2008. Truly a come up story. So I'm not gonna True. jump in. I'm gonna let K-Fit keep going because I, I know uh, there's so much um, more to how the character was built, how the belief, the faith was built and, and reinforced uh, the, some of the trials and tribulations. And I just want to let her uh, do what she does in regards to, uh, you know, bringing some of this out of you. I know you're willing, Absolutely. but we want the people that are listening, like you say, in the replay or now in real time to really get the full flavor. So, K-Fit, let's, let's hit them with it. No doubt. So my next question for you is, you know, speaking about your come up story, a lot of people feel that, you know, you don't need college, you know, to be to have a great come up story or to make it or to be successful. Some people feel that you can just go to a trade school or, you know, teach yourself and learn yourself. So do you believe in the college road or are you more of the always been entrepreneur trade school type of person? Like you don't have to worry about investing your education and money and loans. Have you always from day one been that way or has it been since your come up story that you've changed your mindset? You know, K-Fit, I think experience is always gonna be the best teacher. Here's the one thing I know, everything ain't for everybody. You know, I went to college because that's what 
I was supposed to do. That was part of the journey. That was part of the plan that was instilled in my age group when we were coming up. You go to school, you get a good job, you retire from that good job, you get the gold watch. Guess what? Nobody gave me a gold watch. I went and bought my own. So, but, and the degree that I got, the degree that's sitting around here somewhere, I don't even use it. That's the secret because where I have really learned, where I really grown is in the school of hard knocks, having to have the experiences, having to learn how to fail up before I succeed, recognizing that success is not an overnight uh, expression. It's night after night, after night, after night of working towards success. So what may work for me may not work for you. And what works for you may not work for the other person. What I will say to our, our listeners, whether you are 99 or 19, is that you figure out what your purpose is. And then you figure out how to make that happen. There's a phrase that says, once you know your why, your how will show up. And, and I wish I had known that, known that lesson when I was coming up because I would have made different choices, absolutely. But you know, you've got to go through in order to grow through. Nice, I love it. Mm -hmm. So my next question is to you, do you practice health and wellness on any level? Absolutely. Self-care, self-love is the best love. You know, I learned a long time ago, I learned from that good government job that if you don't take care of yourself, what's going to happen? You're going <laughs> to end up sick and someone else is going to end up in your chair. It don't stop because you get stopped. It just keeps moving on. So you've got to be, I, I, I tell people that it's okay to be selfish when it comes to your self-care. Many times what we do as speakers and as givers and as coaches, we, we give to everybody else except ourselves. We get the last piece of chicken. We get the last scraps on the table. We get the less amount of sleep. We are the last people to go to the health club. And if we're drinking a, a, a diet shake, it's only because we're at somebody's promotional table that gave us a sample. But when it comes to taking care of yourself, you've got to put yourself right there below God. You got to mm. put yourself right there. So I, I definitely believe in self-care. I believe in working out. I believe in eating healthy when I can. I believe in mental health days. I would take mental health days when I thought everybody else was at work because that meant nobody was going to be around to bother me and i wouldn't have to tell anybody that i was off so yes i wholeheartedly invest in that i invest in massages i get pedicures manicures uh, about to go on vacation thank god the world is opening back up because man a brother was fiending for vacation so i wholeheartedly believe in it and you know there's a phrase actually it's a song uh, that uh, Demi Lovato has, it's okay to not be okay, which means Absolutely. it's time to get your health in order, you know, whether it's physical health, mental health, or a combination of both. And I think we need to understand that a lot of times what happens with us is that when something goes wrong, 
we feel like why even bother now because things have already started to go wrong. But that's just the time when you have to really dig in and go for your, you know, go for it. You know, as as they say, go for the gusto. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's right on point, man. I definitely understand what you mean. I really yeah. do get it. Mm, good stuff. And to your point, I want to say it's not only it's not only okay to not be okay. It's okay to say you're not okay. You know, a, a, a closed mouth don't get fed. And yep. if you don't ask for the help, if you don't let people know that you're not okay, they're going to continue to, to assume that you are. And, you know, there was another song, and, you know, we just dating ourselves throughout this whole conversation. Bill Withers wrote this <laughs> song that said he will, they will use you till they use you up. And he that also, is He so also true. said lean on me. <laughs> Absolutely. But you saw which song was more popular, right? <laughs> yeah, they both, right? You know? And yeah, but you know, that's a problem with men. I know it's a whole different topic for another day, but that's a problem that men have. And not only taking the action, but acknowledging that that truth exists. You know, asking for help, leaning on another brother, you know, saying I'm not okay. And I tell people it's a strength, not weakness, because do you know how wise and how strong and how much courage it takes to say something that sounds like the opposite of what it really is. I felt mm -hmm. vulnerable. I was afraid. I, I didn't know what to do. Well, okay, you're human. But I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Go ahead, Kate Pitt. No problem. Um, I wanted to, you know, ask you without getting too much into your personal business, you know, do you have children? No, but I've got this 10-year-old miniature schnauzer that's under my chair right now that just taking all my money. <laughs> I, I was curious to know, you know, what you would advise your son as a young Black man growing up in 2021 and, you know, today's society. Maybe you have nephews or, you know, maybe you yeah. know neighbors or something like that. You know, I think it's an interesting conversation for parents, you know, in the black and brown and Latino communities just in general to have these regular conversations with our children, you know, because it is part of our come up story, the conversations we didn't have from our parents and we had to go through on our own individually as we found out who we are. So I was really interested, you know, to know that. But since you don't, I still would like to know what are your views and opinions about that, you know, as it relates from generation. Our come up stories are all similar, but yet just a little bit different. So can you, you comment know, quickly about that? Absolutely. And and, and I, I heard the quickly. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, each one teach one. That's that's what I believe. You know, if someone and I had father figures in my in my life because my father passed away when I was one years old. So I, the only thing I knew about my father were the pictures that I saw and the information that was shared with me by my uncles and other people who had the, the blessing of knowing him. And so since I don't have children, I have tried to be father figures to um, my nephew, whose, whose father was estranged, and to my niece and to... I worked in the social service industry for almost 20 years. So I had the opportunity to uh, see kids in the foster care system, in the adoption system, in the abuse system. So I had the opportunity to impart my wisdom. And the only, the one thing I always wanted to do was be real with them and be authentic because too many times the only thing they see is what they see on TV and TV is make believe 
for 90% of it is make believe. Even the reality TV is make believe in most cases. So I wanted them to see, especially as a black man, that you could be an educated black man. You could be a black man that didn't wear your pants down to your knees. You could be a black man that was still successful and it didn't have a basketball or a football or a baseball. You could be a successful black man and you not be a preacher with a Cadillac. You could be a successful black man and even not have a whole lot of money, but you had the pride of your family and the pride of your community and the pride of your neighborhood. That's what I think kids, even now, especially now, in this new era, this new decade, where everything is instantaneous. They, they need to really continue to hear that story that only good things come from hard work. Only good things come from the struggle. Only good things come from putting in the time. And if they understand that, then when things get rough, after you've only put in five minutes of work, you're not gonna give up. You're gonna, you're gonna keep going. Too many of our young brothers, if they can't have it now, right now, then they don't think they're supposed to have it and they won't go after it. Yeah, they don't know about sweat equity. You know, the thing I was gonna say is that what makes hard work easy work is when you tap into your natural God-given gift, skill, yeah. talents, and abilities because it's not work to you. Now, it may be work per se or generally speaking, but the good thing about doing that is that you don't mind doing it. You wake yeah. up looking forward to it. You can do it for hours on end. You talk about it. You think about it. You know, it's like how I am with um, the creative arts. You know, it's something that it just breathes all in you, outside of it, it exudes mm -hmm. from your very essence. So if yeah. you're listening to this and you want to make Hard work easy, find a job that suits your natural skills, talents, and abilities. Yeah, they the, the old saying is if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And and that's that is when you know you found your purpose. Because you know, I focus in in my practice on helping people live the life they were created to live. Not the life that you may want to live, not the life that you may see somebody else living, but the life that you were created to live. Because even if you're a twin, you were individually made for a purpose. And too many times we walk around stuck in our life because we're trying to live somebody else's life or we're trying to live the impression of a life think we want to live instead of really tapping in side of ourselves and finding the reason why we were created. And once you start finding that reason, once you start walking in that purpose, then yeah, <laughs> you're just going to be passionate from the time you get up to the time you go to bed and you will be self-fulfilled. And even though the money may or may not come, it won't matter because you're walking in your purpose. And that's all that's going to matter to you at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry about that. I love that comment. I heard everything though. Um, I have more questions for you. So my next question for you is, um, is there something else you thought you should have been doing? Maybe another calling, maybe another passion, you know, something that you were just as excited about that, you know, you think about doing other than what you're doing. Yeah. You know, when I was in college, 
I thought I was going to be an actor because I did plays in, in grammar school. I did, uh, did the marching band in high school and I did some drama and some, some college theater when I was in college. So I thought I was gonna be a singer or an actor, but then I caught strep throat one year and it took, it took me from an alto, it took me from an uh, uh, alto down to a second tenor. And then, you know, I couldn't do those notes. I couldn't do my Luther anymore. And I was like, <laughs> okay, guess I got to find something else. So, but even in that, what I realized is that no matter what I did, no matter what nine to five job I had or whatever I enjoyed doing on the side, there was always this aspect, KFIT, of wanting to help people. Mm -hmm. Everything I do is to help other people. And I never found a term for it. And again, it was around that same time where, the, where I lost everything in 2008, where I took that time to really figure out, well, you know what, I ain't got this, this job holding me back anymore. Let me find out what it is I really was here for. Let me find my why. And I thought about the fact that everything I did up to that point had some aspect of helping other people. And then God placed in my lap this, this webinar well, it wasn't a webinar, this seminar, free seminar I went to about this thing called life coaching. And the light bulb went off. I was like, yeah. And they said in that seminar, you know what? In sports, in the game of sports, everybody needs a coach. Yep. Why not in the game of life? And that just made it all crystal clear. And ever since that point, that's what I've been helping people do. I've been helping people go to the next level of their greatness in the game of life. Amazing. Those are such powerful stories. So I feel like I know the answer to this, but I want to ask you anyway, because I feel like we talked about your greatest weakness. So it's only fair to assume what your greatest strength is, because you said, you know, your strength comes from your weakness, but you just put it out there for us, your greatest strength? My greatest strength for me, I believe my greatest strength is my integrity. Because I believe that if you take everything else away from me, KFIT, you can't take my word away from me. My word is my bond. And so I don't I try, no, I said it, I try, I try real hard not to <laughs> say anything that I'm not willing to follow up with, that I'm not willing to do. I Even when it comes to appointments, you, Sir Charles will tell you when we were talking about this date to come to the show, I was like, hey, I got this, 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 and this going on. Let me really check because I don't want, I don't want to make a commitment and then have to come back on my commitment because that now looks at my integrity. And after everything else, all you have left is your integrity. True that. Yeah. Good stuff. Nice. Nice. If so I think folks, I... we're talking with, we're speaking with uh, Terrence, uh, the unstoppable coach. I call him Mr. Unstoppable. Terrence Leffridge, uh, Mr. Unstoppable. And this is What's Your Come Up Story. So if you're watching it, by all means, please. Uh, put hashtag live. If you're watching it in the replay, you can do the same except for say hashtag replay. And feel free to make comments, 
ask questions, whatever it may be, we'll do our best to get around to your comments or your questions. I'm sorry, you were saying, K-Fit? Yes, so I wanted to piggyback off the last thing he was saying, you know, the thing that, you know, helped them out. So um, I kind of got a bit of how your mindset changed a little bit, you know, when that situation happened to you. So was therapy involved? Was it, you know, just coaching exclusively? Was it you going, you know, to some other type of additional resources or tools or did it just all click for you and it was just that one thing and that took off for you? There was no other moving tools at the same time that help it hook, line, and sinker for you? You know, I, I, I let me say this. I be believe wholeheartedly in therapy. You know, when I worked in social services, we would often refer families to family counseling and to individual therapy because I do believe that people need people to talk to. And, you know, in my coaching practice, a lot of time I have to put up the disclaimer that I'm a coach, not a counselor, because people, even though they need coaching, sometimes they before they can get the coaching, they need to go through that counseling. They need to know what got them to the point that they were at. They need to resolve some things mentally before they can start working on some things financially to, to move themselves to the next level. For me, I, I did not go through any type of therapy. I tapped directly into the source, the one who certifies every other counselor, every other therapist, everybody out there. So it was that personal relationship, that talking to, to God about everything and not sugarcoating it, not, uh, you know, not pulling out a scripture and speaking metaphorically, but really having that one-on-one, -on -one, hey, this is me, I'm coming to you unashamed, unabashed, and, and naked uh, with my situation. That's what really helped me. And I think whether you're doing that with a therapist, a counselor, or with your minister, or, or directly with that relationship with the God, you've got to come as an authentic person. Many times people show you their representative, not their real, not the real person. And it's because you only see the representative that you never get to see the real person. Conversely, because I'm always showing you my representative, you never get to see what I'm really dealing with. So in that situation, I, I advise anyone that if, if you think you need it, go get it. But if you decide to go get it, make sure you take full advantage of it. Make sure you bring all of you to that session. Good stuff. Well said. So my next like question for you, <laughs> um, what is there a difference to you between personal and professional development? Yes, but I, I think they go hand in hand. Uh, there's a there's a there's a good friend of mine. His, uh, he's a, also a coach and an author, Sakoni Prince. He introduces you to yourself, and before you can develop professionally, you've got to be able to develop personally. Before I can go out and start a business, I have to have my own business handled. You know, you don't, they say, leave your personal business at the door when you go to work. Well, you know, that's easier said than done. But if you are working on yourself personally and working on yourself professionally, then that's when real growth happens. Because sometimes the things you do in one part of your life 
they show up in all parts of your life. And if there's a negative thing that's happening in one part of your life, it's going to seep over into all those other parts of your life. And then everything's going to be messed up. So yes, you have to develop yourself personally, but you also have to develop yourself professionally as well. Very nice. Well said. Most people say the same thing. And when I ask that question, they say similar comments. So, so what you, as you know, from what you said, they say the same thing. So I'm happy to hear most people are on that level with that, that question. Okay. Uh, so my so next question about it, if you are going to be, especially if you're in business, before you can help other people, you got to have yourself right. If you write now, you're ready for that next level to work with other people, you know, personal to the professional. That's a great assessment. Right. You know, so I, I heard this phrase one time and let me see if you guys, if, you, if this resonates with you. So this guy said to me that if the tongue in your mouth doesn't match the tongue in your shoe, mm. why should I listen to you? Y'all get what y'all, y'all get what that means? You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on it as you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm processing over here too. I'm like, hmm. It's basically if you don't, if your walk doesn't match your talk, okay. then it's going to be figured out. You're going to be exposed. Right. And that's what happens. Many times professionally, we talk a good game, right. but then people are always watching. And that's yep. why we tell people you need to, you need to do right. Even when you think no one is watching, because guess what? Somebody's always watching somebody's always watching to see if you're going to lift them up and then somebody's always watching ready to tear you down so if you think you got it all together professionally but your personal life is a mess oh your tongue is sooner or later gonna trip over your foot so that's why you got to make sure it's in alignment you got to make sure that what you say and what you do are both going in the same direction and that's where the integrity comes and that's where people are going to not only uh be aligned with you personally they're going to want to work with you professionally yeah beware of imposter syndrome no doubt yes yes, yes. love yes. is love it love it love it my next question for you, complete this sentence in your own words, life, liberty, and blank. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of financial freedom. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is that. the pursuit. That is the pursuit. That is the journey that I can, I am continually on the pursuit of financial freedom. Uh, I think it was Les Brown that says, everybody says you don't need money to be happy, but everyone's trying to figure it out for themselves. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I know. I want, I want the freedom. I want the freedom to, to help other people, but I know it takes finances. It takes my finances being right. And it takes having finances to really help people the way they need to be helped. I don't want to just give them lip service. I want to give them real service. So that's why I'm always in the pursuit of that financial freedom. So I have not only the finances, but the time to do it. Nice. Um, you have anything? I have a few I'm, more. Oh yeah, I mean I can go, but I just you know, 
I want you to like get it out of them, you know. You get the butter get the butter from the <laughs> what, duck, what, you know? is she is she the she, she the interrogator and you and you 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 just the gloss over. She's a good cop, I'm the bad cop. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> nah. But you know, um let me I know you've got you say you got three books, right? Or is it four? Four. Okay. Uh, I did want to ask you. you Not as many as you, but I'm on the come up. That's okay. I'm, I have my next one by the end of the year. So (laughs) (laughs) keep keep saying the race. No, but you know what? The thing about, as you know, pretty much like you're just saying about your integrity, the thing about what we do, you know, if it's not authentic, it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to make a a dent. So, um, I got to do something with that. I kind of like that. If it's not authentic, it's not going to make a difference and it's not going to make a dent. I like that. I just made it up. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, yeah, though, yeah, really, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, I think we have to, um, you know, I was going to ask a question we normally ask at the end about, you know, upcoming things and, and, and things of that nature. But uh, what I like about what you're sharing is that even though there may be similarities uh, with myself and with other professionals, the good thing about it, many people, they really want to be in the game. And it's not just about saying it and then automatically, I'm here. No, you still have to cut your teeth on doing some of the work. Now, many people may get over for a while, but it reminds me of an opportunity I had many years ago of working with over a dozen people. And even though they're still around, um, many of them are not doing the things that we all um, originally were doing together. Many of them are not on the speaking platforms yeah. any longer. They're not on the coaching platforms. They're not doing events. They're not on network television. You know, so I, that's why when people ask me how I'm doing, I'm grateful. So the things that you're sharing, you know, it's just the, the, the raw essence, the truth of what it takes to be who you genuinely are and how to get where you want to go. So I really have a fond appreciation for what you're sharing. So, KFIT, please go ahead, continue. And yeah, thank and you before so. you do that, I, I just I want to say I want to say thank you to that too, and I want to piggyback on that because many people they want to see your glory, but they don't want to hear your story. They mm-hmm. they want to be around your shine, but they don't want to be around your grind. They want to mm-hmm. be able to bask in in all the all the accolades that are bestowed upon you, and they want to say that they know you then, but did they know you when? And yeah. and so that's what I love about what you're doing, and that's what I I love about the the integrity that I try to give every day because I remember the grind. You know, yeah. I haven't gotten all the glory that God will and I I have yet to receive, but I, I'm thankful for what what I have. I, I'm thankful for yeah. I'm no longer where I used to be. Yeah, and I'm thankful that there's still some time for me to get where I want to be, and I stay humble in all of that. Come on, son. There's levels to this, you know. And <laughs> yes, we, absolutely. And we, and we still absolutely. In it. You know, and the thing I when I you climb people, one mountain, you look for a larger one. Exactly, and you know, I'm starting to chef. I don't want to be in grind no more. I want to be in flow, be in flow with my absolutely, gift, be in flow with my purpose, yeah. be in flow with the energy that's attracting me to what I'm supposed to be right. doing. You know, and people have to understand you can't cherry pick how this works. If you're going to do the work, you're going to do the work. You can't say, oh, well, I don't like that part about it because, you know, no, that's not how it works. Now, if you go that path and you get some success, do not be misled. 
you not bl- allow yourself to be blindsided, it will normally be a short run of success because yes. there are dues One hit that wonder. have to be paid. Marketing dues, sales dues, um, you know, the publicity of it all, you know, the actual process. You can't shortcut the process. You have to learn the process and honor the process, which includes the respect of that industry. And in business, the foundation is the same. The only thing that changes is the name of the game. So what's the name of your game? You know? Right. You got to find the process that works for you. You can't That's expect true. to follow Sir Charles's process and think you're going to have the same that same result. You know, that's what they say on all the tele tele infomercials that they have in the middle of the night. Results may vary. These are not actual results that you still have to do the work. Yeah. So, yeah. The thing is, definitely... though, that there's a there, are, there when it comes to business, there is a foundation there is a blueprint, no matter whether it's multi-level marketing, speaking, engineering. You could be an accountant, a plumber. If you don't have a business card, if you don't have marketing, if you don't have a website. Now, you may not have all those things at the same time, but if you don't have these different components, you may not get the results, as you just said. Now, you may have a website, and that thing can be purple and green, whatever the case may be. And you may not subscribe or allow yourself to learn about what uh, attracts people's attention. You may not have everything in place, but you must learn sooner or later that there is a process, and you can go against the grain if you want, but if you go against the grain, don't get mad and say that, oh, this thing don't work, or I don't like doing this, because you have to learn the process first before you try to freak it off and do it your own way. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't want to discourage people, so I will always bring up this other side of the other side of the equation. Because many people stop before they even get started because they think the process is too hard, because they think the process is too long. And again, we live in this world, this microwave world of instant gratification. And if you can't have it right now, then you don't want to try it. What I say to people is you'll never finish if you never get started. And no matter what the process is, once you start the process, when when a plane starts the process to take off from the the up into the sky, first, it's got to build up some momentum on the ground. And first, second, it's got to put out a huge amount of energy to rise up into the sky and it's got to fight against wind and turbulence and and birds and rain and snow and sleet and all those other things before it gets above the clouds yeah but once it gets above the clouds and it gets into the jet stream and it gets into that flow it's easy breezy yeah you can all you got to do is start yeah and then you're on your way to the easy breezy. I, I got two questions for you because I know we're, we're getting close to the end. Let me ask you this one first. What's, as it comes to mind, what's the lowest part in your come up story? I think the lowest part in my come up story is that I stopped believing in myself for a moment. For, for, for I had my own pity party. I didn't think I was worthy of what I had. I didn't think I was uh, good enough to, to to recover. I thought that the, the proverbial ish had hit the fan and it was over for me at that point. 
And I think that's one of the things that led me to get up out of my bed at one o'clock in the morning and go out. I, I went out in my backyard and I shouted before I shouted at him. I just shouted because I was I was there. I was in the valley in my yeah. own backyard. And what, what would you say is the thus far the high point in your come up story? You know, I think the the high point because there's been so many highs and and i'm glad you asked that question because in fact many let me times thank linda for jumping on thanks for jumping on linda clark yes 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 we we focus so much on the low points that we don't get a chance to cherish the high points the the one of the high points is once again being and be on one of your shows you could have chose anybody i i know your circle is 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 humongous this is wide as the atlantic ocean but you asked me to be on your show so that makes me feel good you know uh one of my mentors dr ruben west he says it's always nice to be invited it's even nicer to be invited back because that means you not have only made an impression you made an impact so my high points is whenever someone says that i've made an impact in their life Wow, powerful. Go ahead, K-Fit. I'm going to give it, turn it back over to you. Okay, so you've said a lot. I, I, I hear your come up story. So I've asked everyone on the, on the show this so far, what does it mean to you to be a man? I feel like there's a lot of pressure in the household for men, especially in the black and Latino and brown communities, you know, absent men in the household. There's a lot of pressure from, around men in general. So for you to define it for yourself, what do you feel it means to you to be a man? not just being the provider, but does it go deeper for you in that? You know, what it means to me to be a man, I, I, KFIT, I love acronyms. So I love associating words with the letters in a specific word. So what it means to me to be a man, it means a level of magnificence. Men are magnificent in all of mm. our different shades, colors, creeds, kinds, and sizes. Men are also awesome we do awesome things each and every day around the world whether it's in business whether it's in our family whether it's with our friends whether it's with strangers we've never met before and then men most importantly despite how the world will want to beat us down especially black men or men of color we're needed we are needed we're needed to step up we're needed to show up, even when we don't want to show up. We're needed to be authentic. We're needed to be strong when we want to be weak. Mm. We're needed to be weak and allow others to be strong for us. That though that is the essence of man, and that and that's that's what I love. But I love everything about it. No offense to all the women of the world, but I wouldn't want to be anything <laughs> else. <laughs> But a man. So nice. We don't take any offense. We definitely get kudos to you guys. We deserve it for sure. We acknowledge you. We do see you for sure. Um, well, just a few more that. questions. I know we're almost down to the deadline. Maybe I'll cut it down to one. Um, we don't see you guys. We deserve it for sure. We acknowledge you. Always... We do see you for sure. Um, well, just a few more that. questions. I know we're almost down to the deadline. Maybe I'll cut it down to one. Okay, I thought I heard a delay. Sorry. Yeah. So if you could have, okay. 
if you ha- if you could have an alter ego, who would you be? I know some of us carry many hats in our households or in professional or as entrepreneurs, we just do so much. If you could have a special ability, a special power, what would it be? Oh wow. That that that's a that's a good question, you know? And 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 you went two different directions, alter egos, superpower. Superpower. If I had the superpower, I think I would love to be able to predict the future. Mm. Not that I want to know everything, but just there's just <laughs> some things. There's just some things. God, man, you just you just there's some things. And I'm a very patient person, but there's just some things I'm just very impatient about. About and I just would be able to see that crystal ball and see what's happening. So that's the superpower. But the alter ego, man, in my own mind, K Fit, I am us. I am dancing with the stars. I am the greatest dancer <laughs> you have ever not seen in your life. You, man, you you just don't know. I'd be in the car and I'd be having the music blasting, and in my mind, I'm doing dance routines with J Lo. I'm going back and doing doing dance routines with Fred Astaire. I'm coming forward. Me and Prince, we dancing and jumping off pianos. Oh, I got it going on in my mind. <laughs> That's right. You know, when I, I was love a kid, that. I used to like to, um, I think my superpower would have been to fly, but now that I know about vibranium, ooh, get daddy. It's on it. Man, come on now. Come on now. You know, I, 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 I wish I had been smart like Tony Stark, so, you know, I, I don't have to be strong myself. I can just step inside the suit and let the suit do the work, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so okay. what keeps you going motivated every day? What keeps you going? Is it the story? Is it, you know, you know, the past, making the present better, future better? What keeps you going every day? What keeps me going every day is meeting new people. That's, I, I, I love what I do as a coach and as a speaker and as a motivator, because every day I get to meet somebody new and I don't just meet people new online, you know, I love to drive, so it, one of my other Jamaican jobs is I drive for Uber because I have met people driving for Uber that I would have never met otherwise. I mean, I've met people from other countries. I've met captains of, of, of airliners. I've met CEOs. I've met uh, uh, stewardess on, I mean, um, shipmates on yachts that come from across across the continent over to where I stay in South Florida. And they stay here for months at a time. People I would have never met. And I get the opportunity to make an impression and to leave an impact. It could just be a smile. It could be just being say hello or goodbye. Or it could be taking that five, 10 minutes with them to really listen to what they're trying to say and give them a word of encouragement or give them a bit of coaching that helps them look at something a different way. And then they say, man, I never thought of it that way. And then they go out and they take action on that new thought. And then they come back and they may share it. They may send you, drop me an email, send me a card, post something online that said, hey, Mr. Unstoppable, 
people said this and it made a difference in my life. That nice. is what keeps me going. Well, Amen you know, to that. Yeah, you know, man, look, I definitely thank you for uh, being the debut showstopper, uh, pun intended, stopper, uh, Mr. Unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I, I appreciate your information, your story, your, your techniques, your nuances, uh, all the added value that you bring. Uh, I believe that, <clears throat> that someone's going to see this. <clears throat> excuse me, and going to get immense value from it because, again, I know there's a lot of people, just like with every day, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur, looking at your post or looking at your video or your affirmation, but they won't bother to say anything. So even though I don't know who you are, I know someone's yeah. going to see this, and they're going to get some value from this. How much, I don't know, maybe it's not even my business, but I'm just glad that I had something to do with it and that you were able to provide it. So on behalf of SCC and uh, the Wordsmith Speakers Alliance, I thank you tremendously, my friend. Uh, thank you too, K-Fit, for uh, doing what you do. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, <clears throat> if you want to do something different, you know, you got to get out your own way. You got to be a part of the process. Yes. Uh, and we all know that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way, expecting different results. And I always say, you got to radiate the brain, change the game. So with that being said, Absolutely. thank you and have a good night. See us next week. We have another dynamic show already lined up. I can't wait, folks. Check in 7 p.m. Tell a friend. Join us right here. Change the brain right on Facebook.